Blog Talk Radio. Saturday morning. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I thank you so much for waking up early and joining me here on the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 540 and 1260. Today we're going to be spending a little extra time with one of my favorite guests, Marianne Dell from the Orange County Register. She's a pet columnist, but you know her here on our radio show as our children's book reviewer. And I know Marianne reviews children's books about animals. But i got to tell you, these books are so doggone cute. Um, make some excuse for reading them yourself because they are so much fun. I like taking them to my youngest daughter's school and reading them to the kids there. And I can tell you this, most schools really appreciate it when adults come by and donate some time to read to the kids. It really makes an impression on the children and shows them how fun and enjoyable reading is. And the topics of the books that Marianne reviews are really educational and entertaining, too. But before I give anything else away, we're going to take a little break, but we'll be right here back again on AM 540 and 1260 on Pet Place Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt. Now we're on to a very special show today um, where we're going to talk the whole show with my favorite guest, Marianne Dell. Hi, Marianne. Hi, Marie, my favorite radio host. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing really well. Hey, I know that you have read some really fun books about animals this week, and I was wondering if you could share a little bit about those books with us. Of course I can. I've got four for us to talk about. Oh, cool. All wonderful. Okay. First one is just a beautiful book. It's called Sam Sarah Dog. Okay. By Helen Manos, illustrated by Julie Vivas. The publisher is Kane Miller. It's 17.95 and it's for ages 5 to 8. Okay. And it's a little unusual. It's about reincarnation. Oh, wow, with a dog. Yes. Okay. Manos is a practicing Buddhist, Mm -hmm. and she teaches us about one of her religion's key tenets, and that's reincarnation, with this story of Samsara Dog. It follows him through many, many lives. He starts as a street dog. He's an airport detection dog. In one of his lives, he's a little pup who's too weak to survive. And then he's a companion to a young boy, who becomes blind, and with this boy, Samsara Dog learns the most important lesson of all, and that's the one about giving wholly of yourself with love and compassion. Oh, you know what? I could tell already that if I read this story out loud to my daughter, I'm going to start crying. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you will. The nice thing about my job doing this is I can do it in the privacy of my home. So I can shed as many tears as I want to. Oh, gosh. You know, Marianne, I can't tell you how many times I'm sitting and I'm reading a story, and I think it's just, you know, a sweet little children's story to my daughter, and all of a sudden it gets to some real heartbreaking section, and and my lips start quivering, and I, I can't talk, and my daughter looks at me, are you okay, Mommy? <laughs> Darn children's stories, they're not supposed to do that to me, but, you know, a lot of them, they just really get to me, they're, and they're... In a good way. I mean, there's nothing bad about that. I mean, it's they're just so touching. Yes, and there's such wonderful lessons. 
you know, if you are interested in teaching your children about all the different religions in the world, this is a great starting point for Buddhism. Absolutely. Uh, that really is an important feature, too, to, to teaching children tolerance um, of everybody. I mean, what a great world we would live in if, if everybody taught their kids tolerance and our whole next generation was able to live side by side and, and not be judgmental. Absolutely, and animals are sometimes such a great way to do that, and doing it through the life of this dog is just uh, maybe a less threatening way than doing yeah. it through talking about people. Mm -hmm. It even can also be an introduction if you have a child. You know, a lot of times kids' first experience with death is when they lose a family pet. That's right. And if you as a parent are comfortable discussing the possibility of reincarnation, this book is a great introduction to it. Does samsara have a special meaning to your knowledge? It does. There's a poem in the beginning of the book about it, and I unfortunately don't have the book with me, or we could read a little bit from it, but uh -huh. yes, it, okay. it does. There is a meaning in Buddhism to it. Okay, so, so our listeners are going to have to just go out and get the book. That's right. <laughs> we can't give away everything, can we? No, we have to keep some surprises for them. <laughs> uh, okay. Now, I understand you read a, another book about the famous Biscuit the dog. Yes, I do love Little Biscuit. She's very cute, and she's, you know, the books are for beginning readers, mm -hmm. or they're really nice little books for um, maybe a little bit older readers who are struggling, or for parents to read to very young children who are just starting to read or ha who haven't started to read yet. Okay. And the latest is called Biscuit's Christmas Eve. Oh, perfect timing. <laughs> yes. And it's by Alyssa Satin Capuccilli. Publisher is Harper Festival. It's six ninety nine, mm -hmm. ages two to six. Oh, perfect little gift. Yes, it is and and it's kind of sentimental and it will make parents think of their Christmas is past and decorating the house, which is what they're doing in this book. Uh-huh. And they're getting ready for Santa's visit. And, of course, as in all of the books, Biscuit is a key member of the family. Of course, as and, he should be. Yes, and that's <laughs> the wonderful lesson about these books. Mm -hmm. You know, dogs are definitely part of the family. She lives indoors. And it's just a cute little story that very subtly helps us remember that our pets are part of the whole situation, too, and wow. should be part of holidays. Oh, that sounds really fun. Now, um, again, who is the author here? Her name is Alyssa Satin Capuccilli. Okay. Now, are all these books currently available, so you can go down to any bookstore pretty much, or are they online items? Or uh, You can probably find all of them online. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And to my knowledge, they are all available Okay. at okay. this time. Yeah. The very last one I'm not absolutely certain about, but I believe that it is, too. Okay. Well, tell us about the next book that you had a chance to read. Okay. This one's called A Gaggle of Geese and a Clutter of Cats. <laughs> what a great title. <laughs> it is. It's by Dandy Daly Mackle, okay. illustrated by David Hone. Mm -hmm. Publishers Water Book Press. It's nine ninety nine, and it's for ages four to eight. Okay, so another book for young readers. For young readers, or to be read to young readers, and and 
it's just a great little educational piece because it helps children learn what different groups of animals are called. Yeah, and there are some really interesting names for groups of animals. Uh, uh-huh. Dr. Cruz and I used to talk about that every now and then, and it was always lots of fun. She'd stump me all the time. Yeah, and I didn't know a lot of these. I had no idea that a murder was anything besides a killing, but it's what you call a bunch of crows. Oh, yeah, that's one of the ones we actually talked about. I wonder how that came around, a that, murder of crows. That would be interesting to know. Oh, boy. Um, and it's it's very cutely illustrated. A uh, group of bears is called a sleuth, and so the picture of the bears has them in their Sherlock Holmes outfits huh? with their magnifying glasses looking up oh, in the trees. Oh, wow. So it gives you these little memory cues to help you remember what the names are. Yep, and also to give parents an opportunity to talk about synonyms. Okay. How words can mean different things. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. There's kind of memory cues to both in there. So it's it's not just a fun little book, and it's told in rhyme, mm-hmm. so that's kind of fun. Um, but it's educational, too, and that's the great thing about all of this. Oh, how fun. It mm-hmm. sounds like a great book for, for small children. And the, yes. the cool thing about that is is when you're a real little kid, your, mem- your brain is like a sponge. Yes. And you end up remembering all these things. So, you know, when they're 20 or 30 years old and they're making their first appearance on Jeopardy and they get asked, what do you call a group of crows? <laughs> They'll That's know the right. answer. <laughs> Alex, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, of course, I'll forget it next week That's because right, I don't have too. a sponge anymore. <laughs> I am on that boat right next to you. Hey, let's let's talk about this next story because it sounds very cute. Oh, Alfred's Nose. Yes, I love this one. The author is Vivian Flesher. The publisher is Catherine Teagan Books. Okay. It's sixteen ninety nine, and again, young readers, ages four to seven. Okay. And Alfred is one of my favorite kinds of dogs. He's a French bulldog. Oh yeah. Now, for those of you who don't know what a French bulldog is, they're those big, kind of round, slobbery dogs. Uh, I think they were on the old Kibbles and Bits commercials, weren't they? I don't know. They um, they're a typical bulldog, uh-huh. but they're not as big as the English ones. Okay, they're a little smaller than them. They have the pushed-in brachycephalic faces, oh, yeah. like the bulldogs, and that's Alfred's problem. Uh oh. He doesn't like his pushed-in nose, and he doesn't like his little tongue that tends to hang out of his face a bit, which is kind of typical for these kinds of dogs. Sure, but that's what's making them cute. It is what makes them cute, although, of course, it also makes them a little, have some health problems sometimes, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, everyone loves Albert, Mm -hmm. Alfred, excuse me, but Alfred doesn't like the fact that he's different. Okay. So he tries a bunch of different noses. He gets uh, the books, the illustrations are photographs. So the I believe Alfred is the author's dog, and he's he's been socialized to uh-huh. accept things on his face. <laughs> and he tries an elephant nose, he tries a pig nose, and he even tries a regular dog nose. <laughs> Wow. And the thing is, you know, it's pretty funny, but he goes to kiss someone with that regular dog nose on, and he can't do it because his mouth is covered. Yeah. 
And he realizes, and when all is said and done, that his friends love him best the way he is. That's right, and that's how it should be, shouldn't that's it? That's right, and there's a lovely lesson to teach children. Just because you look a little different doesn't mean there's not a lot of you to love. Oh, wow, what a great story, and what a great lesson. Marianne, um, I have so much fun talking with you, and I'm so glad you're going to be able to stick around and talk a little more, and I'm wondering if we could talk about some holiday pet safety tips for when we come back from the break. Oh, that would be a great idea. Okay, well, listeners, stay tuned. We'll be back on AM 540 and 1260 with some more chatting with Marianne Dell, our pet columnist and book reviewer from the Orange County Register. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewitt, and still with us is Marianne Dill, our pet columnist from the Orange County Register and our children's book reviewer, and we're going to be doing some talking now about safety tips for pets during the holidays. How's that, Marianne? That is great, and it's very, very important. So often people tend to forget about their animals during all the hustle and bustle of the holidays, and sometimes they try to include them in ways that aren't appropriate. Oh, I know, I know. I have um, a very overweight Pomeranian, (laughs) and he gets away with a little too much around the holidays. He'll come over, he knows everybody's got a whole bunch of food, and he'll sit and he'll look at us with his big eyes, and he'll say, feed me, I'm such a starving dog, I haven't eaten for minutes. Please, this is just fur. I'm fluffy. You must That's feed right. me. Yes. And, of course, everybody in the house will give him little knickknacks off the plate, even though I'm saying don't give the dog any treats off your plate. Don't feed him. Don't feed him. And my mom is the absolute worst. Oh, he really wants it. How can you say no? <laughs> My mother does the same thing. She accuses me of starving Jitterbug when we go to visit because Jitterbug's always looking at her and staring for food. Oh, yeah. She just doesn't understand that dogs dogs understand there's a sucker born every minute. Oh, absolutely. They're totally manipulating the newcomers to the house. I mean, we have our rules, and everybody pays really close attention to making sure Cody only gets his proper dog diet so that he stays healthy, even though he's a little overweight still. And uh, and whenever anybody comes to visit, all those rules go right out the window. It's amazing. Isn't it, though? And it's it's really, I mean, I know that everybody just loves dogs, and they love giving them treats, especially around the holidays, but it can do a lot of damage. Yes, it can. A lot of foods, turkey, for instance, uh, maybe a small piece of breast meat with mm-hmm. the skin removed yes. might not be that bad, uh-huh. but the skin and the dark meat can really clog up a dog's system. So the and food is just too rich for yes. a dog. They're just not used to that sort of thing. And and then, of course, uh, we have a lot of chocolate around the holidays, too, which is absolutely a no-no for dogs. Very, very dangerous for dogs and cats. And cats, all yes. animals, pretty much. You want to just... Set aside a few doggy treats for your pets or or kitty treats or whatever you might have and go ahead and let them have those, but don't share off of your plate. And, and you know, another thing, Marianne, about having having a company during the holidays is the fact that the door gets opened and closed a whole bunch. And what's your advice about that? 
Well, unless you have a dog who's really well-trained, and I would say that 95% of the people who claim their dogs or cats are really well-trained to not go out the door when people come, don't really know their animals that well. Mm-hmm. And the other thing to keep in mind is if you your animal is good when, say, one friend or a couple come over, it's a completely different thing if your house is full of people during a holiday party. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so I would get my dog used to a crate. Crates oh, are marvelous idea. things. And when you have a party, let your dog go in the crate mm-hmm. and make sure that when he or she comes out, the doors are all closed. Yeah. The ones that lead into public areas, certainly. If you have a fenced backyard, that's fine. Your dog could go out there. Uh, or conversely, you could put your dog in a separate room mm-hmm. or your cats where you know they'll be safe, where people don't go, a bedroom, say, or an, up- an office or something like that. I'd get them used to being alone in that room before the party. Sure. And put something that they can interact with in there, maybe a stuffed Kong or if it's a cat, a scratching post, or, you know, a feather stuck to something that they can bat at, something they can play with to keep themselves occupied. And if they're especially stressed when people come over, I know I have one cat in particular who just hides when people come Mm -hmm. over. I like to put them in the farthest room away from where everybody is going to be, close the door, and play soft music for him, and just have his food and his water, and that way he feels safe and secure and, and not stressed out so much. And then I make sure nobody opens that door and nobody goes in and tries to pet him, um, especially little kids who are coming over who don't necessarily know how to handle animals. Absolutely. That can really, I mean, when I worked for animal control, we used to get quite a lot of bites that would occur around the holiday season because little kids would come over, the adults would be busy with their visiting, and they wouldn't be adequately supervising the kids, and the kids would be getting their faces into the faces of the family pet and getting into the food dish when the pet was getting into the food dish, and then we'd have some pretty nasty bites that would happen, and that's the last thing we want for anybody, for the animals or for the people during the holiday season. Absolutely. People don't realize that what normally is not that stressful, again, maybe having a couple friends over, can be completely different when you have strange music, Mm -hmm. people drinking and so maybe getting louder because they're having a lot of fun. And we all know when we have a couple glasses of wine, we often tend to get more boisterous. Mm -hmm. Uh, Children running around. And suddenly, this isn't a fun thing at all no, for the family pet. Very it's, stressful. Yes, I have. I do exactly what you do. I barricade my dogs off in the upstairs part of my house, and I tell people that they should just say hi to them from there. They're welcome to give them treats over the gate that I set up, but they're not to let them out. And fortunately, all my friends are animal friends, so they understand and yeah. they respect that. Um, <laughs> But you really do have to think ahead on stuff like that and be very, very careful. Make sure you provide water when you do that because, again, stressed animals tend to want to drink more. Right. And build in some potty breaks for the animals, even if you have to take them outside with dogs. Cats obviously can take care of themselves in the house. Mm -hmm. But if you have to take the dog outside on a leash in the middle of the party just to make sure that they have a chance to relieve themselves. Sure, sure. We can't Mm -hmm. forget about them. and. And it's also a good time, Marianne, to double-check and make sure your dogs and your cats and all your pets 
have current identification on. I know sometimes um, people leave ID tags on their pets for years and years and years, and they change their phone numbers. They even move to a new place, and they never change the tag. So double-check your tag. Make sure, for one, that you could even still read the writing on it, because yeah. sometimes that will wear out and you can't read it no matter how hard you try. And if you haven't had your pet microchipped yet, this is an excellent holiday gift for your pet. Go get it microchipped because if for any reason it loses its collar and tag or just has never worn one, if an animal shelter or a veterinarian picks up uh, your lost pet, they can scan it, find out who the owner is, and then get them back home again. And that is so important. Yes, it is. And a lot of a lot of animal professionals, smaller rescue groups, trainers, some groomers are starting to get the chip readers too because those are all the kind of places where people will bring lost animals. Right, and yep. it's, I've, I've heard some amazing stories about lost animals who have made their way back home thanks to a mica chip. I, I used to know a veterinarian who had a desert tortoise and had mica chipped it, and the tortoise had disappeared. And like six or seven years later, he got a phone call that somebody had found it and, and read the chip. <laughs> And caught him back home again. That is so great. So it really is. It's a voice for the animals. It's a way of letting people know, I have a home, and I can go back. Absolutely. And another great thing about microchip is no matter how many times you move or how many times you change your phone number, you don't need to get a new chip. You just need to notify the company that um, made the microchip, and they'll update their records. That's right. This is very cool. And another nice thing these days with everybody having cell phones is you can put your cell phone number on your animal's tag, and people tend not to change their cell phones when they move unless they move a great distance. Mm -hmm. And even then, often people won't change their cell phone right away. Oh, great idea. And so I know, you know, I travel with my little dog, Jitterbug, all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have to worry about getting a travel tag for her because my cell phone number is on her tags. And you always have your cell phone. And I always have my cell phone. And so if I'm back in New Jersey at my mom's and something should, God forbid, happen, somebody would call that cell phone number and I have it right there, of course. Oh, that's a great idea, especially for people who are traveling far with their pets during the holiday season. Marianne, we're just about out of time. Thank you so much for staying with us and talking about this. I think it's very important. For everybody out there listening, I wish you a very happy holiday season. Please be careful with your pets and, and just take good care of them. And we will be right back here to wrap things up here on... AM 540 and 1260 here on the Pet Place Radio Show. Welcome back again to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett. And I always like to wrap up our shows with some fun animal-related events that you can attend, and today is no exception. We've talked before about adopting greyhounds here on the Pet Place Radio Show, and now you can meet some of these majestic and beautiful animals in person. Tomorrow, as a matter of fact, November 25th, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Petco, located at 30862 Santa Margarita Parkway in Rancho Santa Margarita. For more information, call 877 877- Hound Savers, H-O-U-N-D-S-A-V-E-R-S, 
or visit www.houndsavers.com. Or you can even call the Petco at 949-888-0478. And thanks to everyone who have written in Get Well Wishes for Fred, who is battling a very serious illness now. Your cards and letters give him hope and strength and are very, very much appreciated. And we also enjoy your comments about our show, and I encourage you to make suggestions for topics or guests, or if you just have a question about animals you'd like answered, please email me at jafari at fia.net. That's spelled J-E-F-A-R-I at F-E-A dot net. This show is for you, and we want to tailor it to what you want and what you need to know. And perhaps we'll feature your idea on our next installment of the Pet Place Radio Show. Now, if our Pet Place Radio Show isn't quite enough of a dose of animals in the media for you, tune in to KDOC on Sunday mornings at 6.30 a.m. for the Pet Place Television Show where you'll see adoptable pets and learn some great tips on caring for animals, along with some fun surprises. Check your local TV listings to find out which channel you can get KDOC on, but for now... I need to say we'll be back next week here on AM 540 and 1260. Have a wonderful weekend, and please don't forget, spay or neuter your pets. Goodbye for now.